This is a download from the Clinical Audit Support Centre Limited. To find out more, visit www.clinicalauditsupport.com. Grumpy Old Auditor, Article 3, entitled, It Doesn't Matter How Big Yours Is, What's Important Is What You Do With It, published in Clinical Audit Today, Volume 3, Issue 1, February 2010. Bloody cheek. At my age as well, someone ought to do something. Whippersnappers. There was I, minding my own business, standing around with a cup of coffee, having just delivered another brilliant, laughter-filled speech on clinical audit. You had to be there. When this bloke sidled up to me and said, in a low tone, which I took to be more conspiratorial than reverential, Er, how big's your sample? In certain circumstances, I'm quite happy to share the details of my dimensions, but I remain circumspect. He went on, Only I was wondering if you had any ideas for making it bigger. The VDU in my mind immediately flashed up all those Viagra adverts I had deleted from my inbox. You know, if yours is not as big as a giant redwood every time she looks at you, then she can't possibly be satisfied. Go to beasbigasaredwood.co.uk to end those embarrassing moments. In my mind I tossed, stop it, around those arguments about quantity versus quality and in the end I stumped my interrogator with a simple well if it was any bigger would you know what to do with it? He slunk away confused. This set me thinking and I consulted my inner self. Does sample size really matter in clinical audit? Answer no not really so I created a poster to put on the wall. You could do likewise. I'm not charging. The poster would read, It doesn't matter how big it is, it's what you do with it that counts. Let me explain. Whenever I design a clinical audit, the decision about sample size only takes two things into account. Firstly, how much data will people collect before they lose the will to live? and quality therefore suffers, and two, how many patients does it take to change a clinician's mind? I can see the point in having a sample size that will allow results to be stated to a degree of statistical significance, but to my poor brain that's only useful if you are going to suggest that what you saw in this lot of clinical behaviour you will also see in clinical behaviour elsewhere. Audit doesn't do this. Audit sets out what we expect healthcare professionals to do and to what level of quality and then measures to see if they do it. Dynamic audits like the structure, process and outcome audits suggested by Avedis Donabedian, read them if you haven't already done so, it's honestly worth the time, even tell you why quality is poor and what can be done. I never worry when reporting an audit about whether the data is statistically significant enough to support my conclusions, but instead I select my sample size to maximise 
the amount of information I get about the way healthcare professionals work. If I am auditing care in a specialty, I want enough doctors, nurses, others to be audited so that I report on a fairly representative sample of staff. Question, who decides what's representative? Answer, the person commissioning the clinical audit does. Let me try and explain by using an example. A clinical lead says to me she wants to audit inpatient care in speciality X. So I ask, how many doctors do I need to audit so that you will accept that the findings show what most of them do? She agrees 65% of the medical team. So I say, how many times do you want me to audit their care of patients so you have enough evidence to take action if the quality is poor? She says three patients each. Voila! Enough patients will be audited so that it reflects three patients each seen by 65% of the medical staff. Not particularly statistically significant, but enough for her to take action if needs be. And that's all I'm after. Business management thinker Joseph M. Duran suggested the Pareto Principle and named it after Italian economist Vilfredo Pareto, who observed in 1906 that 80% of the land in Italy was owned by 20% of the population. The Pareto Principle, also known as the 80-20 rule, the law of the vital few and the principle of factor sparsity, states that, for many events, roughly 80% of the effects come from 20% of the causes. So if you're really stuck for a sample size, I suggest you audit 20% of your healthcare staff and you will have a good chance of seeing 80% of the likely clinical behaviour. For me, you see, the quality of the work of healthcare professionals is not likely to be homogenous. What I see in one hospital probably won't be what I see in another and is not likely to transfer to another care setting. So sample sizes are all about deciding how much information you need to give a manager no option but to take action if the quality is poor or vice versa to blow a trumpet if the quality is good. The idea behind statistical sampling I think is to demonstrate an effect which is not caused by chance alone and to enable your study to be repeated in a similar population for whom similar results should be obtained. I think doctors, nurses etc are not all the same and quality of care varies widely even in the same clinical setting over time so clinical audit results can't be replicated the same way as studies can. So, don't get hung up on how big it is, but rather make sure it's big enough so that someone sits up and pays attention and believes in your clinical audit report and acts on it. He came back to me at the next tea break. Woman over there says you can make it 20% bigger by massaging your variables. I didn't dare to reply. This broadcast was recorded on the 12th of August 2010 and is copyright of the Clinical Audit Support Centre. Pre-production of this download is prohibited. Rebroadcast of this work is forbidden without the expressed written consent of the CASC team.